0: Well, good morning and welcome again to the Riverside Church online service. It is so wonderful to have you gathering with us this morning as we continue in our series of longing for hope. And as we read this passage from the Bible, from the book of John, we read of a man who, it says, for 38 years had been an invalid and for many of those years had probably laid by this pool desperate for somebody to help him desperate for somebody to see him and see his need. And then along comes Jesus as the son of God, who the passage says takes time to learn about this man, learn his story. And that Jesus, for the first time in maybe years and years, sees this man and offers him some sort of hope and help. Just as Judy spoke about a number of weeks ago, How incredible that Jesus saw this man at his greatest need. And what a brilliant truth for each one of us to start uh, today with. That however vulnerable, lonely, isolated, overwhelmed you're feeling right now. The promise that Jesus, the son of God, sees you, that he knows those feelings and he loves you. But maybe as we read this passage, it is in the response of the other two kind of main people that we meet that we can learn the most about the relationship that we can have with Jesus. Because we meet these two people who respond in very different ways to some of the things that Jesus does. So we meet the invalid man who was lain by the pool for so many years, his eyes fixed on the pool as the place where he thought he could get hope and help and healing. His eyes fixed on the thing in front of him. And then we meet the religious leaders who, who meet this invalid man after he has been healed. They see him walking along the street with his mat. They don't stop and find out his story. Instead, they ask him, why have you done that? Why have you picked up that mat and walked? Because in doing that, he'd broken the law. Two people who had their eyes so fixed on the things in front of them that they almost missed, or they did miss, what it was that Jesus was offering them. And the incredible possibility that Jesus was giving them by coming into a relationship with him. Now, we're going to look a little bit uh, at that throughout uh, the rest of this time of kind of talking and discussing together. But um, as I was thinking about this talk, it reminded me of an email that I received uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was a really encouraging email from a friend. Uh, She was just saying how much she was appreciating these times of meeting together, that even though we can't physically be together, that sense of gathering on a Sunday morning, the, the family and community that was giving her but there was a little sentence that really stuck out in her email for me, and it said, I can't believe how polished and professional you all look on a Sunday morning. So just uh, before we continue in the rest of this, this talk, I just wanted to watch a little video just to help us see maybe a slightly different side of what goes on on a Sunday morning. The Bible says that God is our refuge and our fortress. Okay, the cat is destroying... My den, or any prayer ministry uh, after the end of this. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> We're gonna have to do that again. She literally just poured it into my lap. Uh, to join and watch this service together. We're really excited. I'm not all about what I'm <laughs> But while Jesus was down on this earth, he had a group of special friends that the. What am I saying? We wanna. Giving? We wanna. I actually can't remember it. I think filming links with Nathaniel with a really wet lap for the rest of the links that we filmed is going to be one of my highlights of the last month. I mean, what a great sport he is. But even that really quick video, just a fun, funny take, of which I can assure you there are so many more, helps us to see that even now on a Sunday morning, what we're fixing our eyes on, what we're looking at, isn't actually the whole picture of what has been going on. Uh, that many bloopers and other mistakes have happened that we don't get to see. And hopefully one day you might. And as Jesus goes up to the man at the pool, he asks him a very simple question. Do you want to get well? How many times might you have said, oh, I've got a headache? And someone might have said, oh, do you want a paracetamol? It's quite a simple question that in many ways just requires a yes, no answer. But maybe it's in the response that the man gives that we can learn the most. Because rather than a simple answer, in verse 7 he says, Sir, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes in ahead of me. For so many years, this man's eyes had been so fixed on the pool as his only source of help or hope. That for him, there were no other possibilities of where that help or hope could come to. He'd been fixed on trying to get into the poor. And that's all he had. There was nowhere else that he thought or he knew help could come. And then we see the religious leaders who, in verse 10, when they see this man up and about walking, carrying his mat, their first response is, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. Unlike Jesus, they don't take time to find out his story. They don't take time to find out about this incredible thing that has just happened in his life. Because they're so consumed by the laws that they live under that they think of the way to know God in their lives. Hundreds of laws, of which 39 were specifically about work about things you couldn't do in relation to work on the Sabbath day. And one of those was carrying things. Their eyes were so fixed on the law that they missed the miracle. For both the man and the religious leaders, by fixing their eyes on what they saw in front of them, what they were striving to achieve, striving to get to the poor, striving to keep the laws... That their own success, their own healing, their own uh, acknowledgement in the eyes of God came through their own achievements. If I can get to the pool, if I can keep the laws. And yet the incredible truth of this passage is that it's not about us. It's not about what they could achieve. It was simply about Jesus as God's son and simply about them knowing that Jesus was there for them. I love the answer that Jesus gives to the man uh, when he said to him, do you want to get well? And then this man replies with this kind of long sentence about how he wants to get to the poor, but he can't get to the poor because people push in front of him. How easy in that moment would it have been for Jesus to have given a big explanation saying, stop looking at the pool, don't look at the pool, look at me, I'm the son of God, you don't need the pool, there's something more incredible that's going to come into your life. But actually, what Jesus simply just says is get up, pick up your mat and walk. There was no need for condemnation, there was no need for correction the man had to simply respond to what Jesus said to him and in that action in that one simple sentence of get up pick up your mat and walk Jesus gives each of us the amazing hope and truth that it's not about us it's not about what we can achieve or what we have or what we haven't done It's simply about Jesus. It's about us responding and knowing that he's there, waiting for us to walk towards him. And at this time of uncertainty, that feels even more poignant because I know for many of us, we feel slightly overwhelmed. We feel like we're not achieving or we feel like we're failing at the things we are trying to achieve. We feel like we're not doing enough or we're not being enough. We're not getting around enough people. We're not going to enough Zoom calls. We're not teaching our children well enough. But Jesus says, it's not about that. It's not about you. It's not about what you're doing, what you're achieving. It's simply about me. It's about me and my arms open wide around you, surrounding you. You don't need to achieve or do. You simply need to be with me. I'm sure many of you might have seen uh, some of the posts from head teachers that did the rounds on social media just after the schools were uh, broken up and were told they were going to be closing. You know, so many parents feeling suddenly completely overwhelmed by the thought that they had to suddenly homeschool their children. And beautiful letters written by teachers saying, you know what, right now, when your child looks back on this period of time, they're not going to remember what fractions you taught them, or what English literature you made them read. What they're going to remember is how loved, how secure they felt, how you were with them when they needed you the most. What an incredible picture of what Jesus is saying to us It's not about what you're achieving or doing or learning. It's simply about knowing that you are loved and you are loved by me wholeheartedly. And for each of us, we probably have our own pools or our own laws that we have fixed our eyes on. And maybe even unknowingly, those things have crept in and become our focus over an awareness of a relationship with Jesus. It might be uh, the affirmation of people around you, the things people say to you, friendships, family. It might be the achievements, the things that you can be doing, the activities that you're part of, the busy life that you lead. And none of those things in themselves are bad things. But at the moment, as some of those are maybe uh, removed or challenged in different ways and aren't happening as maybe they used to happen in your life, actually we can easily realise how much those things have crept in. I always used to think of myself more as an introvert than an extrovert. I, I like time on my own. Sometimes I can feel really drained when I'm around lots of people. I can get quite shy in big groups of people, but I've realized in the last period of time how much I rely on others. I miss my friends dearly, my friends who I love so much, and it's great seeing them on Zoom, but I miss them. And then I realized, actually, How much do I rely on my friends for my self-esteem, my worth? And having all that stripped away has been a challenge to help me know I'm a child of God. And is that where my eyes are truly fixed as my identity? That if all these other things in my life were stripped away completely, would I still know that security that ultimately all I need to be is a loved, accepted child of God? The other thing I really love about this passage, as we think about kind of uh, the pause and the laws that maybe we've fixed our eyes on, and maybe if you're here this morning and you haven't accepted Jesus into your life, you can think of other things, things that have stopped you knowing Jesus, because they've been things that have become so much more important or things that you've kind of looked at a relationship with Jesus and thought, I don't want that. That's too regimented or that's, well, let me do what I want to do. All these things that we put in front of knowing Jesus in our lives. But right at the end of this passage, uh, it, as we had read to us earlier, Jesus comes back and finds the man again at the temple. This wasn't a one-off meeting with Jesus. This was a point where Jesus said, I'm going to go back. I'm going to find him. I might have done an amazing work in his life there's something even more important I need to do and I love that that Jesus searched this man out it might be for some of uh, us watching this morning that um, you might have been a part of a church you might have had a relationship with Jesus in your life previously but you know that you've walked away from that 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 isn't something in your life right now and maybe even this morning this passage is a passage that you need to hear of Jesus saying I'm still there, I followed you, even when you walked away from me, I came and I found you just like I found this man and I'm waiting there with my arms open wide for you today. So Jesus finds this man and he says to him, stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Now in that Jesus is speaking in the present tense, he's not talking about things that happened in the past, he's saying right now, Stop living this life where you're turning your back on God. Because actually there are some incredible things that will be held in store for you if you live a life for God, knowing that he is at the centre of your life. Because what Jesus thinks is so important for this man is not just the physical healing, but even more so, his spiritual healing where he can right now know what it is to have a relationship with Jesus on this earth, but also forever in eternity. The one thing that all of us face and all of us know is that this earth is not where we will spend forever. One day we will leave this earth and Jesus says, you have an opportunity to be with me forever in eternity because I love you. That almost through the physical healing that Jesus did for this man, he caught his attention. But then through the spiritual healing that he offered him, he gave him the opportunity to come into an amazing relationship that would last forever with him. At this time, in the current COVID-19 crisis, many people have had their attention turned to Jesus. Uh, even last Sunday in the, day, in the Guardian newspaper, many of you will have read the report that a recent survey done by Tear Fund found that one in four adults in the UK have watched or listened to an online church service since lockdown and that one in 20 have started praying. That people's attention in the midst of this current crisis has been turned to Jesus. And as people turn their attention to Jesus... He's saying, and has the opportunity to know that I'm here. That as we gathered this morning, the amazing truth is Jesus gathers with us. For every single one of us, whether we've asked him into our life yet or whether we haven't, he stands up with his arms open wide saying, come, I'm here for you and I love you. I want to be with you now on this earth, but I also want to be with you forever in eternity. And the brilliant response that each one of us can have this morning. For those of us that know Jesus in our lives. That we are given that opportunity to respond and to say. We know that some other things might have crept in the way. Other things have shaped our identity. Have formed who we are. Have given us our sense of worth, or value, our affirmation. And Jesus, we want to put our eyes back on you this morning. We want to say that you are the most important, that we know that you've chosen us and that you love us. And we want to know that in our lives, put our eyes solely back on you, learning even more of our identity of a child of God, is that it's not caught up in what we do, what we achieve, who we are, who we know, who we hang out with. It's purely caught up in the fact that you love us and that you call us your children. Or that if... We are here this morning and we haven't made that response to say to Jesus, I want you to come into my life for the first time. To know the assurance of the journey that this man won on. First of all, that he sees you, that he knows you. He knows how you're feeling. He knows everything about you. Secondly, that there's nothing you can do that will make him love you more. He simply loves you. You have to do nothing other than respond to the message of hope and love that he is giving to you. And thirdly, to know that he will stay there with his arms open wide. Whatever you've done, whatever your decision is, he stays there with his arms open wide, saying, I will stay with you and I will love you until you know that sense of me wrapping my arms around you. It's not about you. It's not about what you can do, what you can achieve. It's not about who you are. It's simply about Jesus. And it's simply about this morning. Wherever you are sat or stood or dancing right now, he's with you. And he knows, he sees you and he loves you. I'm going to pray a prayer of response now and uh, the words are going to come up on the screen so you can read them. If you would like to pray them with me, then I would love you to pray uh, with me this morning. And maybe if you pray a prayer like this for the first time, it might be that at the end of the service you want to connect in with uh, the Zoom call that's going to be happening for newcomers or you might want to uh, email in for prayer ministry. We would really, really love a chance to hear from you this morning. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you for the truth that I can do nothing to earn or to achieve your love. Thank you that right now, wherever I am, you see me, you know me and you love me. I am your child. I am sorry for times when I've relied on things other than you for my hope and my identity. Thank you that right now, wherever I am, you see me, you know me, you love me, and I am your child. I pray today that whether for the first time or as I have prayed before, I would fix my eyes on you, Jesus, and let you take the reins of my life. Guide me and lead me. Thank you that right now, wherever I am, you see me. You know me and you love me. I am your child. Amen.